Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck. To hear the good news through grunts and with grunts, in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 25, verses 11 through 20. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. Who are they that fear the Lord? She will teach them the way that they should choose. They will abide in prosperity, and their children shall possess the land. The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear her, and she makes her covenant known to them. My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for she will pluck my feet out of the net. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. Relieve the troubles of my heart and bring me out of my distress. Consider my affliction and my trouble and forgive all my sins. Consider how many are my foes and with what violent hatred they hate me. O guard my life and deliver me. Do not let me be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. Proverbs chapter 19 verses 1 through 17. Better the poor walking in integrity than one perverse of speech who is a fool. Desire without knowledge is not good, and one who moves too hurriedly misses the way. One's own folly leads to ruin, yet the heart rages against the Lord. Wealth brings many friends, but the poor are left friendless. A false witness will not go unpunished, and a liar will not escape. Many seek the favor of the generous, and everyone is a friend to a giver of gifts. If the poor are hated even by their kin, how much more are they shunned by their friends? When they call after them, they are not there. To get wisdom is to love oneself. To keep understanding is to prosper. A false witness will not go unpunished, and a liar will perish. It is not fitting for a fool to live in luxury much less for a slave to rule over princes. Those with good sense are slow to anger, and it is their glory to overlook an offense. A king's anger is like the growling of a lion, but his favor is like dew on the grass. A stupid child is ruined to a father, and a wife's quarreling is a continual dripping of rain. House and wealth are inherited from parents, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. Laziness brings on deep sleep, and an idle person will suffer hunger. Those who keep the commandment will live. Those who are heedless of their ways will die. Whoever is kind to the Lord lends to the Lord, and will be repaid in full. 1 John chapter 3, verses 11-17 through 17. For this is the message you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We must not be like Cain, who was from the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. Do not be astonished, brothers and sisters, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love one another. Whoever does not love abides in death. All who hate a brother or sister are murderers, 
and you know that murderers do not have eternal life abiding in them. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. How does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need and yet refuses to help? Good morning and welcome to the sixth Tuesday after Pentecost. Uh, this morning, uh, we, we yesterday I mentioned we were continuing our reading of Psalm 25. That's only partially true. It wasn't the same reading from late last week. It was another reading from the same chapter. Um, and then this morning we get into Proverbs and um, it's just like this list almost um, of like pithy um, remarks about weird random shit. One that did stand out at least was that um, it's not proper <clears throat> is, it, is that it's not proper for uh, a slave to rule over princes, um, which is going to contrast with Paul's um, use of uh, the the form of a slave to describe Jesus and many of the Gospels too, for he took the form of a slave and emptied himself. And then, of course, he ruled over princes. And the rest are just kind of all over the place. I don't know what the hell to do with it. Uh, but thankfully, the reading from First John is one, you know, kind of a classic, especially for um, for military and veterans. There's one line that um, that does get repeated every now and then in the military to justify or at least explain kind of uh, their motivations. And it certainly was mine as well. And it makes appearances in John's Gospel and the letters of John. Um, and that is this idea that greater love has no, has, uh, you know, can't top um, laying down your life for your friends. It appears in John thirteen fifteen in the Gospel, um, and here in First John uh, chapter three, it appears again. Um, we know that we've passed from death to life because we know one another, because we love one another. Sorry, um, and we know love by this that He, Christ, laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. And so, in the what are you know to collect all the John writings together to include Revelation scholars will call them Johannine, um, and that's you know taking the name John and kind of ivory towering it. Um, but in these Johannine writings, laying down your life for your friends is a is a really important theme. Um, I don't think that appears anywhere else in the other Gospels. That same saying of Jesus. Um, that um, greater love has none than this, that you should lay down your life for your friends. Um, and in the letters, the letters of John, it makes uh, an appearance or two, especially here in First John 3. Um, and Revelation is kind of its own trip, but um, it seems that the community that produced these writings and preserved these writings, um, death for others was really important. It, it carried some kind of additional significance. Um, and the irony um, is that the oral tradition, uh, kind of the stories that the church passed along but didn't write down or didn't keep, um, one of the stories was that the, the Apostle John, um, he, they, 
the Romans attempted to, to martyr him, um, but they were unsuccessful. Um, John was the youngest disciple. Um, he was the one that races Peter back to the tomb on Easter Sunday to find out if what the women reported was really true, that the body was nowhere to be found. Um, and so John lives probably the longest of all the apostles. Um, and legend has it, as I've said, is that they, the Romans tried to murder him uh, by uh, dumping boiling tar on him. Um, they, never, they never crucified him. And I know there was boiling tar, boiling water that didn't work. And so they, they exiled him to Patmos, the island of Patmos. And that's where he lives out his days. And that's where he writes his revelation from. Um, so this irony that for John, um, death for others is really important, and yet he, it was something that he could not and did not accomplish. Again, if you take your own life, it's suicide. Um, it's not martyrdom. Uh, the uh, self-immolation, you know, killing yourself in protest is another thing. Um, but the... Uh, um, the martyrdom, witnessing to one's faith, um, it, you know, has to be done by another's hand. So this happened with Francis of Assisi, too, who was another soldier saint. He wanted to die. Um, he wanted to be martyred. That's how he knew that um, he had acquired the seal of the faith. Um, and in order to do that, he goes over to the Crusades to try and convert the sultan. It's like going over and trying to convert the head of ISIS. Like, you know you're not going to do it. And, you know, given the track record, you're probably going to die. Um, but anyway, Francis and John both um, were not martyrs. And for both of them, it seemed really important, this laying down in your life for one's friends. And as I said earlier, the military uses it, military community typically uses it, um, sometimes internally with one another, but often I've, I've seen and heard it used to um, explain why, oh, yeah, yeah, you have all these objections to the military, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm doing this for my brother and sister on my left and my right. Um, I'm laying, I'm ready to lay my, lay down my life for my friends um, and ultimately for all Americans to make what's called the ultimate sacrifice. And it's, I don't, I never spoke with anybody in the military who wanted death like John or Francis, but it was something that, that we were all aware of and fully accepted um, as I wrote in my book Reborn on the Fourth of July I wrote like goodbye letters before I went to Iraq um, it's something that's death is ever present in the military especially today as we have two forever wars um, and another possible war with Iran or maybe Syria I mean God only knows what you know where we'll go um, fight next um, but the that sense that death is ever present was there for the church as well, the early church. Um, becoming a Christian, there wasn't a whole lot of benefit to. It's not like you, you know, that's where you went to get these big air-conditioned mega synagogues. Um, the only reason that you would do it was because you believed it and you wanted what Christ had to offer, which was eternal life. Um, and uh, in the military, it's not as cut and dry. We get a lot of money for joining. I got college money. Um, but that proximity to death is still there. Um, and something 
is worth more than the risk and the pain and the loss of dying. Um, for the early Christians, that was eternal life. That was um, to do what they thought was the right thing according to this you know, wise sage who apparently rose from the dead. Um, and in the military, sometimes that, for me, it was education. I was willing to sacrifice my life for an education I would never receive, you know, if it came to that. Um, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But once you're in, uh, and sometimes before you even join up, that, that sense that you're sacrificing, you're preparing to sacrifice, perhaps including your life, so that others may benefit, so that um, your neighbor and uh, your friends and your family can receive what America promises, and that's democracy and freedom and liberty and uh, prosperity. Um, and the, the parallels between the early church and uh, the military in America, are, many of them are really problematic, but just because some of them are doesn't mean uh, all of them are. And I think that's one important point to, to be able to sympathize with um, the military, be between the military and civilians about, look, the military isn't actually everything that you think it is. There's a whole lot more nuance and character and community uh, that you have to be willing to, um, to see when you, uh, when you see it and not just dismiss it as, you know, just kind of pretext or something, I don't know. Greater Love, a poem by Wilfred Owen. Red lips are not so red as the stained stones kissed by the English dead. Kindness of wooed and war seems shame to their pure love. O oh, love, your eyes lose lure when I behold eyes blinded in my stead. Your slender attitude trembles not exquisite like limbs knife-skewed, rolling and rolling there where God seems not to care, till the fierce love they bear cramps them in death's extreme decrepitude. Your voice sings not so soft, though even as wind murmuring through raftered loft, your dear voice is not dear, gentle and evening clear, as theirs whom none now hear. Now earth has stopped their piteous mouths that coughed. Heart, you were never hot, nor large, nor full like hearts may drape with shot. And though your hand be pale, paler are all which trail your cross through flame and hail. Weep, you may weep, for you may touch them not. Thank you for falling in to First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation slash support. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a weekday lectionary reading yourself and sending it to me to be included in an episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts will be provided to you directly 
and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in first formation in this or any way. Finally, and most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a recording app of your choice. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously, if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it. Three ways to participate in morning prayers for Pew Pew people. I hope you'll continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.